Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart, Stu Stewart, and Rick Kearney. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. And now, here's Earl Stewart. Good morning, everybody. Another Saturday, another show. And uh, this isn't, uh, we're not going to sing to you. This is the Truly Station. So you have to understand that Earl Stewart on Cars is all about how not to be ripped off by a car dealer. There I said it. I, I, I feel nicer when I say how not to be taken advantage of by a car dealer, but I think a ripped off kind of grabs you like that. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't want you to be taken advantage of by car dealers, whether you're buying or leasing or maintaining or repairing your car. Uh, they can all be quite an adventure, quite a, a bad adventure. A lot of friends of mine say I'd rather have a root canal than buy a car. It's actually kind of bad for the economy when you think about it because, you know, car dealers like to sell cars. And in full disclosure, I am a car dealer, been one for 50-plus years. Uh, so if you don't like to do something, you tend to put it off. I wonder if all car dealers treated people with honesty and transparency. I wonder if the economy would get a, bo- a, a boost. I mean, you buy more cars, the auto industry is huge. Yeah. Instead of having a trading cycle on new cars of every four to five years, it might be three to four years. Be every, every every other month. Yeah, I mean, if you love the experience. But people put it off, and they, uh, they're afraid, and uh, that's the reason this show exists. We're uh, I'm pulling off my microphone here. I got my cord twisted. Uh we exist to help you, give you tips, and above all, we're a live talk show. Uh, we uh, thrive on your input, your calls to 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We also are on YouTube. We're also on Facebook and Twitter and Periscope. So, Earl on Cars, Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars, uh, YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Anything you want to use to communicate with us, ask us questions, make comments, we'd love to hear from you. In the studio with me today are a group of people that have been with me for a long while. Uh, Actually, from the get-go, Nancy Stewart, my co-host, and also a very strong female advocate. She she is a consumer advocate, but especially uh, for the ladies in the audience. Um, We would love to have you call. The show. She has us in a minute. She's going to tell you about a special deal she's got for women because we want to keep the balance there. We want to have at least half as many female callers as we do male callers. Uh, to my immediate right is Rick Kearney. And Rick has been with me for a long, long time. I can't remember when I haven't seen Rick around. He's just been quarter century, right? Pretty it's much. It's a, yeah. a long time, doesn't it? I mean, 25 years doesn't sound as long as a quarter century. I'm just a. Uh, yeah. Piece of the furniture now. Yeah, used to I'm wear, there. Used to wear a little beanie cap and shorts, I think, when I... <laughs> had it, there was a propeller on top yeah, yeah. of the bean, beanie. Well, I still I wear the shorts. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you, Rick, and I've been around a long time, and when I say Rick is the most knowledgeable, uh, I, I never know what to call him. Uh, way back when, there, he was a grease monkey. No, you were. You never were young enough. Uh, you're not old enough to be, have been a grease monkey. You start. Uh, you started out as a mechanic, and then you evolved into a technician. Then you evolved into what we call Rick today, an auto computer scientist. But seriously, uh, he is a certified diagnostic master technician, and to get to be that, you have got to go through a lot of schooling and then a lot of testing over and over again. By the way, auto technology is going at such a pace today that it's like going to a doctor. If you're going to a doctor that graduated from medical school 40 years ago, you're in trouble. 
Uh, you have to stay on top of your trade, your profession. And Rick does that, constant, constant education. And the technology today is computerized electronics. Our cars are rolling computers, and Rick can answer any question. I dare you to call the show and ask Rick a question he cannot answer, a question about the operation of your vehicle. Uh, you know, the, some of the fancy electronic stuff, I have to admit, I probably cannot identify or use correctly a third of the fancy buttons on my car. And I'm a car dealer. And I bet you, if you've got a late model car, I bet you're the same way. So call Rick Kearney, uh, call Nancy Stewart, and we've got Stu Stewart, my son. Uh, he's Earl Stewart III, and uh, he has also um, been in the car business a long time, too. He's kind of an overall expert. Rick is more of an expert, you know, technical expert. Uh, Stu and I are generalists, and he's also our cyberspace connection. And he's the one, when you Facebook us or Twitter us or Periscope us or uh, whatever, uh, he's the first one to see it. And text us, 772-497-6530. This show isn't here to pontificate and, and lecture. I know it sounds this way now because I'm yakking a lot, and I'm going to shut up in just a minute. And after that, we just are hoping that we have a lot of calls. Uh, love to hear from car dealers, by the way. We never hear from car dealers. We know they're out there because we hear in a roundabout way uh, through third parties. Uh, they don't like us, mainly because the biggest reason is because of the mystery shops. We get more uh, negative comments in our anonymous feedback and other methods of communication from car dealers who have to remain anonymous. It's about the mystery shopping reports. And what that is, it is very exciting. You have to stay tuned for that. And Tina, hang on just for a second. Uh, Tina, one of our very, very best callers, and also who happens to be female, is holding. And I'll be, we'll be right with you. But the Mystery Shopping Report, we send an undercover agent out every week. Been doing it for 15, 15 years. And they go into a car dealership somewhere in South Florida. They pretend to buy or lease a car. And they name names, they name managers and salespeople. We name the dealership, and we tell you exactly what happened. We maintain a recommended dealer list, and we have a do not buy from this dealer list. If they pass the test in the mystery shopping report, they get recommended. And we've got actually more recommended dealers than not. With that said, I have to tell you, we grade on the curve. We don't have any dealers out there that really qualify for a non-curve score of an A, but we give them an A sometimes when they just do better than everybody else. Hey, if you didn't do that, there'd be no place in Florida that we would recommend you buy a car and the Florida economy would crash. Nancy. I wanted to let you know that I extended a personal invitation to our car dealers this morning, encouraging them to call. Thanks. You know, they won't be, you know, Appreciate Cut it. off. You'll listen to them. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Oh, I feel the love today. It's going to be a great show, just like Earl said. And uh, what makes it even more great is the fact that we just want to build a platform here for ladies. And uh, we want you to give us a call. A little encouragement. $50 for the first two new lady callers. So stay tuned for a fabulous show. Give us a call. If you're a little bit shy, text us at 772-497-6530. And now we are going to go to Tina from Bonita Springs. Good morning, Tina. Mm -hmm. Morning, Tina. Good morning, y'all. How are you doing? We're great. 
Wait, let's listen to the song for a second. <laughs> I just love that music. Oh my goodness! It's so good. That's when the devil goes down to Georgia. That's Tina's theme song, and nobody knows the name of the song, but we play it anyway. <laughs> What's up, Tina? <laughs> the devil goes down to the car dealership and wreaks havoc. How's that sound? That's even better. <laughs> well, I sent you a link just a little bit ago, but GM is in the news because they want to weasel out of replacing the Takata airbags. Oh and my. they've already petitioned NHTSA, so they're on the bad guy list as they far sure as I'm are. concerned. I hated that. I read that article, Tina, and it is very, very depressing, honestly. Uh, I just don't know why it doesn't get more headlines and more comment in the mainstream media. But it is embarrassing as a automobile dealer to find a major manufacturer that would dare to do that. General Motors is actually asking for delay on recalling their cars on the road with hand grenades in the front that will blow up and kill you. And I hope the NHTSA does not allow them, does not honor that request. I hope the consumers too. I hope there's a class action lawsuit. There should be. And there's another little tidbit. Yeah, and there's another little tidbit on the news now. Now we know how uh, GM treats its employees because they they're going to do something different. The higher paid employees are going to have to pay more for their health care, and they're going to be uh, subcontracting out more low paid uh, staff. So they're just doing. Every, I guess they're doing it as a cost saving measure, but. They're not really being good to their employees or their subcontractors either. So that's something else to consider. And if you have low employee employee morale in a company, then the end product is not going to come out as it should because the employees and the subcontractors just won't care because they're not getting paid what they need to be paid, and they'll just do the job the lowest quality way they can just to get the paycheck. So true. Very true, Tina. And uh, Tina, Tina, it's uh, consumers like you and it's uh, folks like us right here in the studio that are doing our part to bring Takata to the front line. And, uh, well, we're in a bit of a, a small uh, successful place as far as the Takata topic is concerned. But what's even more rewarding is uh, I got to mention my husband and how proud I am that he has led this battle. And it wasn't just today or yesterday, but it was been it's been for years and there's been a lot of people that have lost their lives and uh for you to see this news in the usa today the wall street journal the, the palm beach post it is well so satisfying but we have so much work to do man i can't believe this i'm yeah, reading this I, right if, now yeah if i was a gm owner right now i'd be not a very happy person they actually <laughs> said that I, the, the, I, I i would probably be a thorn in the side of my dealership oh my gosh yeah, GM says that the Takata inf- airbag inflators, quote, do not present an unreasonable risk to safety, and they continue to perform as designed. What the hell are they talking about? I don't know. Honestly. It's embarrassing. I think it might be a financial thing with them. Uh, they're worried, as a lot of manufacturers are, that if there's legislation on this and they force them not to sell cars with Takata airbags and not to sell existing used cars with uh, defective Takata airbags, the economic hit would probably take General Motors right down. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're afraid of it. The whole industry is afraid of it. And uh, it's a, I hate to sound like uh, someone with a conspiracy theory, but I honestly believe it's a giant industry conspiracy theory to hide the danger of the Takata airbags from the consumers. 
Oh, I don't doubt that, but our our show is helping kind of get the word out a little bit, and it's getting reported in the news more and more. So that's a good thing. Like if somebody dies, unfortunately, heaven forbid, as a cause of the airbag malfunctioning, now it's being splashed all over the Internet. So that's good. The awareness is getting out there. But one person being killed by these airbags is one person too many. It's just awful. Sure, Tony, you're right. Uh, I was just, I was just, I was just reading a story about a 27 year old lady that got killed. This was not, didn't have anything to do with the airbags themselves, but the recall, it was an ignition switch recall, and she got caught in a chain reaction crash. Died at the age of 27. So it's the recalls too, and some of these big companies like GM are kind of wanting to go hush hush on the recalls and not take responsibility, and that's the problem. These auto manufacturers don't want to take responsibility. And another hit that GM has on its record is a history in consumer reports of having subpar vehicles. And they just don't seem to care too much about addressing the reliability issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a challenge economically, and I think that's uh, making them even more and more dangerous. Uh, they went bankrupt once, the government had to bail them out. And, uh, you know, the car industry is struggling a little bit now. Auto sales are down. and. Uh, the marginal manufacturers, the ones that have uh, not as much cash as they need, are starting to get desperate. And what uh, General Motors just did is an act of desperation. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to go the way of Pontiac. I really do. I think they're on the cusp of it. Well, I used to be a Pontiac dealer. I'm glad I sold out before they decided to close the doors. Excellent foresight there, sir. Yes. Great foresight. Yeah. <laughs> Tina, thanks very so much. Anybody for looking to buy anybody looking to buy a GM this weekend, do your homework first. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Consumer you report. Much, you can't go wrong. Thank you, Tina. Our number is 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Now back to the recovering car dealer. I can't believe the number of texts that are coming in, Stu. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were, they were waiting for us when we got here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People got up early go, I'm going to get in line. I didn't look because I didn't think to. That's amazing. We have like nine of them, I think. Let's go. But one of this GM article really quick. First of all, it mentions they estimate there's another 20 million Takata airbags that have yet to be recalled. And just that in and of itself would have been like a world record uh, safety recall. And it hasn't even happened yet. Add that to the 31 million they've already recalled. It's Ooh. insane. Wow. 41 million. Yeah. That's in- insane. All right, let's go to the text that we got. Um, this is from David, and he says, I would like to have a tactic to walk to a dealer and shop for a deal price. Uh, let me let me read this. For a deal a price out the door without losing all day. I want to use the form that you created, Nancy, but I'm confused on when I'm supposed to use it. Can you explain it better? Thank you. I sure can. Uh, <clears throat> that uh, site that you can go to is www.outthedoorpriceaffidavit.com. And to explain it, it's self-explanatory. That is the out-the-door price. <clears throat> nothing more, nothing less. And if the car dealer, the manager, the salesperson doesn't want to sign it, <clears throat> and uh, they can't charge you a dealer fee, a dock fee, a, uh, a mozzarella cheese fee, nothing. That is the out-the-door price, and it ensures that whenever you, you can fax that over to the car dealer that you're purchasing the car from, or you can email it. There's several ways, and if they won't sign it, walk away. 
the time to ask for the person to sign the affidavit is after you have completed your negotiation. In other words, you're going to be shopping competitively, or you're going to be using TrueCar, Costco. Uh, you're going to you're going to have arrived at a price that is satisfactory to you, and at that point, you're going to say, "Now, is this an out-the-door price?" They'll probably say yes. Uh, and you say, well, you wouldn't mind signing this form. You present the form at the end of the negotiation or at the end of the selection of the dealer that you choose to buy from when they have given you the price. If they tell you uh, that uh, you can uh, go home and talk to your wife about it, say, please sign this before I go home and show it to my wife. Yeah. And it is a uh, exactly. guarantee that the price does not have any add-ons other than government fees. That's the key, because that's the way the dealers suck in. They give you a price that is lower than they could possibly sell the car for, and when you come and sign the paperwork in the business office, they add thousands of dollars in fees, which is absolutely disgraceful. Absolutely. That's and right. you've got to make sure, you've got to make sure that uh, whatever they they guaranteed you that you were going to pay for that car. Uh, the price that they quoted, that's the out-the-door price. Nothing in between. www.outthedoorpriceaffidavit.com. And I have another suggestion for a good time to deploy that form is if you're shopping on the Internet. You could download that download that form, and you can get a quote on the Internet from a uh, dealership, and then you could email them that form Love it. and say, before I even drive to the dealership, Love please it. sign this, scan it, and send it back to me. Otherwise, I'll go to the next dealership down the road. That's a good point. Yeah. That way you avoid having the go through the haggling hassle yeah. of going inside a dealership. Do it online. I yeah. love it. Um, and you don't, even, you don't even have to do that. You can call them up, ask for their fax number, fax it to them. Just mm -hmm. get it done before you, uh, before before you, go you into walk the box. into the dealership. Exactly. Um, the next one, um, there's no name on this. It says, why did Toyota not recall the 2009 Camry? Um, <clears throat> just from my memory, they did, but I looked it up, and there was actually 10 recalls on that year car, including the sticky accelerator, accelerator pe uh, pedal issue which was controversial um there was also a seat heater wiring recall a couple of um, minor ones but there was a total of 10 recalls in the 2009 camry mm -hmm. um so um i suppose that answers the question um next one do your brake lights come on while in cruise control when a car pulls in front of you and slows down so they're probably talking about that dynamic uh radar uh laser cruise control that slows your car down to the flow of traffic one more time on the question. So do your brake lights come on when your car slows down? Say you're cruising along at 65, a guy going 60 pulls in front of you, your car will slow down. Do the brake lights come on? Only if the system engages the brakes. And uh, when I say that, it's because it would be the same thing as if you were simply to let off the gas to let your car slow down versus you applying the brakes. Uh, and the system can do both. If it detects a car coming in front of you, but it simply needs to slow down just a little bit, then it will just reduce speed by letting off the accelerator. And if it really is approaching quickly, say they hit their brakes and your automatic braking engages, then your brake lights will come on. That's a great question. I never yeah. thought about that. Yeah, but I, and that was a, a great answer. It basically does the same thing that a human does. The cruise control acts just like you do. Yeah. If you hit the brakes, the brake light goes on. If you take put off the yeah. accelerator to slow down, the brake light doesn't go on. You know, my, um, my kids, because I learned how to drive on a stick shift, um, I will still downshift even though I drive an automatic car, but I'll shift it in the low just because I'm used to doing it. 
and they were concerned about the same thing. Well, your brake lights don't come on when you do that. And I'm like, well, I'm not really slamming on the brakes. I'm kind of slowing down a little faster. That's why our kids are smarter than us. That's right. It's really neat. It's really neat to be able to shift those gears. I mean, almost like as if you're driving a stick shift, you know. It gives you a load. It's a little fun back into into your drive, yeah. Yeah. By the way, that was sent in by my 11-year-old daughter, Josie. Just kidding. So last week we got a call um, from a gentleman who was having an issue at one of uh, the Schumacher dealerships. And we, uh, we provided um, Chuck Schumacher's personal cell phone. Mm-hmm. And so he has a little follow-up here. It's short. Um, it says, I got my car back today, um, but I had to take it with a check engine light still on due to an O2 sensor issue. It's drivable, but it's not yet complete. Uh, Schumacher ordered a sensor, and we'll um, get back when they have it horrible experience so wow. it hasn't resolved itself yet but he does have the direct line to to mr chuck schumacher all right well, let me ask you a yeah. quick question of uh, rick here uh the o2 sensor light um when the when the when the check engine light goes on it's an o2 sensor uh is that a, a catalytic converter or can it be something less expensive than a catalytic converter uh generally the there there's actually two sensors called o2 sensors mm-hmm. One of them is ahead of the catalytic converter, and what it does is it tells the computer how well the engine is running, how well it's burning the fuel and air that go into the engine. Mm-hmm. And from that information, the engine can adjust the air and fuel to keep everything. It's kind of like adjusting the carburetor, mm-hmm. but it's doing it many times a second. So the one up front to replace is not as expensive as a catalytic converter? Actually, that one, that sensor, it's less expensive than a catalytic converter. Yeah. But the sensors usually are a couple hundred dollars. They, yeah. They're kind of expensive. Yeah. The one that sits behind the catalytic converter, its only job is to tell the computer how well the catalytic converter is cleaning up those gases that go out through the exhaust pipe. Very good. And that one, you rarely see it go bad. And catalytic converters anymore have become so, I want to say, bulletproof. It's very. It's actually rare to replace the catalytic converter unless you've had some sort of bad contamination get in the engine that messes it up. Thank you, Rick. We're uh, we've got a bunch of texts here. I'm going to give the number out because we're not getting as many calls as we normally do. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. We'd like to hear your voice when you call in. Text are fine. Post are fine. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. And Nancy. Gentlemen, don't forget that fax, a, uh, t- a text number. Uh, you can text us at 772-497-6530. And ladies, $50 for the first two new lady dollar, uh, lady callers. Uh, I'm sitting here. I'm waiting to hear from a lady. Back to the recovering car. Or back to Stu. We got 50 callers for the first lady dollar. <laughs> 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 here, finish my coffee. There we go. All right. This one is a little bit long, but it's very interesting. And it comes to us from Dan Hamilton at Montana Mobile Oil and Lube in Missoula, Montana. Wow. So wow. big okay. shout out to the, the great oh, wow. mountainous yes. state of Montana. Now, I, used to, I hunted out there one oh. time, and I went up on top of a mountain that had an observatory on it. And Montana has got the cleanest air anywhere yes. in the USA. And it was the most beautiful sight I ever saw Scar- on top of a mountain out there. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought we were going to move there for a while. Because oh, wow. your dad did so much hunting there. I would love just to go there for the dark sky. Just raved about yeah. the weather. Yeah. Oh, I believe their nickname is, is it's the Big Sky State. Yes. yes. There you go. All right, so from, from Dan in Missoula, Montana, he says, here's an environmentally friendly way to get the rain X effect on your windshield. One. 
Cut a potato in half. 2. Hold the exposed cut portion of the potato against the windshield and wipe it all over your windshield. The starch in the potato will act as an invisible barrier between the windshield and the rain. 3. Repeat as necessary. I've used this before and it worked as well as Rain-X. However, I'm not a big fan of the Rain-X effect. For those that do, this is an inexpensive and environmentally friendly way to get similar results. I searched for information on what is in Rain-X and found special polymers. The vagueness of the description makes me wonder. And that's from Dan. Um, Dan, I'm going to Google that, uh, but I'm not, you know, somebody ought to try it. It doesn't sound you like gotta you, try you it. can't I mean, hurt. You can't I, hurt anything. I, right? I know that you got to try it. I mean, I just want to cut the potato in two and rub it and see what happens. Right? And you could probably Rick, cook you it. want me to do it or do you want to do it? You can cook it afterwards. And <laughs> well, let's see. <laughs> Throw it in the microwave. Do we risk you and your Lexus or me and my Tacoma? Come on. What could a spud do to a windshield? Well, Dan, I appreciate that. We're going to try it, and we will report back next week. And I love the idea. I mean, hey, if nothing else, you save money. How much does one potato cost? Oh. One well, potato, two yeah. potatoes. We've had a lot of rain <laughs> lately, so. Uh, well, it depends if you're right. Whole Foods. You know. <laughs> Might be a few bucks at Whole Foods. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll give this an attempt. We'll see what happens. All right. Hey, these Myth texts busters. are popping in. These are all our callers. They're all, they're all texting now. So uh, uh, next one, this is a perfect opportunity to let you all know about a, a way to get in touch with us. And the, uh, the question is, as high as Earl uh, Stewart's car show have an email address I can send a long question to? Thanks. I gave him your email address, which is earl at earloncars.com. I also said you can go to youranonymousfeedback.com. And that comes to us directly, and it also conceals um, y- your phone number won't be revealed, your name won't be revealed, it's encrypted. So uh, that's a good uh, good avenue for Yeah, one of the reasons for your anonymousfeedback.com is for car dealers and car manufacturers. Uh, a lot of people are listening out there that are adversarial. They don't like what we do. They don't like the transparency. They consider an attack on the retail auto industry, which it is. And uh, even on auto manufacturers, we just tell it like it is. I don't care uh, if it's good for my business or good for the Toyota manufacturer or good for Honda. I just believe in telling the truth as I see it. And we've been on the air for 15 years. We've never been sued uh, successfully. No, we've never been sued at all. Nope. We've been threatened with lawsuits. We've, we've received a, a cease and desist letter. Yes. And the fact that you haven't been sued tells you that you have told the truth because every lawyer out there in the listening audience knows that libel and slander, perfect defense against those, is truth. You tell the truth, you can say the worst thing. I could say terrible things about Rudy in the control room right now. But if they were true, Rudy mm-hmm. could not successfully sue me. Yeah, Rudy's wearing beat head- headphones right now. It's and true. <laughs> so, anonymousfeedback.com www.youranonymous, A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S. I do that because I'm proud that I can spell anonymous quickly. Youranonymousfeedback.com for the industry, manufacturers, car dealers, people that work at car dealerships. We'd love to hear from you. Or just text us or call us. We'd love to hear from you. It is worth noting that when we received the cease and desist letter, we declined to cease. We did. And we declined to desist. Desist. Exactly. All right. This comes from Anne-Marie, the next text. And Anne-Marie is a longtime listener, longtime texter. She says, good morning. I learned a lesson years ago, and I'd like to share it with you. I was dining with a friend out in California. The food was great, and the service was excellent. My friend asked to speak to the manager when we finished our dinner. I asked why. She explained to me that while it's important for management to know when something is wrong, it's also important for them to know what's being done right and to give recognition for a job well done. 
On that basis, I'd like to give you an update. My 2013 Camry had the white paint that flaked and wouldn't keep a shine. I brought it into your body shop. Alan checked it out. He contacted Toyota. The work was done under warranty. It was finished a day early, and my car looks as pretty as the day I bought it. Thank you very much to Alan and James and the entire team that made my car look like new again. Thank you very much for a great customer service. And just as an educational right. word, Anne-Marie, thank you very much thank you, and for the compliment. Uh, all you listeners out there, when you have a problem with your car that you think is warrantable, but your car's a little bit out of warranty or maybe a lot out of warranty, uh, there is a second chance that you can uh, attempt. That's called goodwill. Uh, it's an industry term. There's nothing legal or official about it, but all the manufacturers and car dealers know about it. Goodwill. Your car's out of warranty, and you know it's just because of defective manufacturer of some kind, but technically they got you. Yeah. You go to the manager, or you go directly to the <coughs> owner of the dealership. You need somebody higher up and someone that has your interest at heart, and you explain to them, and they can go to the manufacturer, any auto manufacturer, and they will advocate for you and say, you know this car is only 3,000 miles out of warranty or six months out of warranty. You know we have this problem. You had a recall, or it wasn't a recall, but you had a, a, a what do they call it, TDA, a technical, TA, uh, TSB, TSB, technical yeah, service bullets. Service bullet, TSB, they call them technical service bullets. They're kind of secret um, recalls or warranties. So you you ask for that, and if you if you go about it in the right way, you can get surprisingly positive results out of warranty. Okay, that is true. Okay, um, the next one. Uh, this is from a listener who wants to. We're going to send it to him in a text. The answer in, in a text because he's going to be golfing while we re, while we're on the show. So, oh. but you can also get the podcast. You can get the replay of the show, uh, and just go to Earl on Cars for that. You can find that. But it says Earl. Uh, and I know the answer to this. Earl, can I buy a car from a Southeast Florida dealer and then have it drop shipped to the Cleveland, Ohio area? And if I can, when I buy it in Florida, can I have the dealer title in Ohio and not in Florida? And he says, I'll be on the golf course during the broadcast. And the answer is within the Southeast um, distributorship for Toyota dealers, um, what could be done, it can be drop shipped to the a, a state the farthest north state, say North Carolina, or whatever the closest state is to Ohio, and then transportation would have to be arranged, um, like a private car carrier or ship, a shipping uh, service to take it up to the Cleveland area. Um, within the, our distributorship down here, we can't uh, ship it up there, but we can get it as close as we can. And the dealer up there would have to be paid a courtesy delivery fee, Correct. which is, should be nominal, maybe 100 bucks, yeah. and... Uh, uh, which would be well worth it for you. Yeah, and also the uh, second part of your question, uh, yes, you can have it titled in, in, in Ohio and not Florida. Yes. So there you go. Uh, the next one. And remember, you got to text that to him because he's playing golf. I will. I will. <laughs> yeah. uh, my 2016 Malibu has that feature where the engine turns off when you stop. Is there any way that this function can be disabled? Thanks, and that's from Karen. That's a good question for Rick. Well, it's probably not talking to the one where you pull into the garage and you're worried about no. the carbon monoxide. You're talking about the stoplight to save fuel. Mm -hmm. so. yeah. Rick? Yeah, that's known as the start-stop technology. And in my opinion, not a very wonderful idea, especially because both the starter and the battery on that car have a recommended lifespan and a recommended maintenance interval when they have to be replaced. And they are very expensive. I know the starter is triple the cost of a normal, or the, the battery rather, is triple the cost of a normal battery. Wow. And yes, 
there should be a, a <clears throat> excuse me a setting that you can go to on your car to disable that feature. Uh, d check your owner's manual. I know Toyota's with our system, and pretty much when they design one, all of them are going to be very similar. There is a way to simply for the owner to simply go in and disable that system. Yeah, that drives me crazy. I disable it right away. Absolutely. Here we go. I know Rick has some some questions that came in on YouTube, but before we get to that, um, I just want to give a shout out to Linda, longtime listener, Facebook fan, friend, and uh, cohort. Uh, she's commenting on the use of potatoes for Rain-X. Oh. She says, um, use the potatoes on a wart, <laughs> then go bury that potato. <laughs> My grandmother told me that, and it worked. So uh, thanks, Linda. <laughs> so we have medical advice, and we have uh, she's real cute. car advice. Right. Thank you, Linda. Um, here's a good question here. Um, this is actually this is from Dan in, in, uh, in Montana again. Uh, if a passenger is drunk riding in a self-driving car that gets into an accident and causes injuries, who's at fault for the subsequent lawsuit? What does that person tell the police officer that shows up to the scene? That's a well, great, that's a great question. question. I think they're going to have to rewrite a lot of laws with autonomous cars. I think that the uh, with the ultimate autonomous car, uh, there's going to be absolutely nothing wrong with being drunk. Uh, and that's one of the great things about it. I mean, just think about it. You can go out and party hardy and get drunk as a skunk. And as long as you can say, take me home, yeah. uh, what a wonderful way to be safe and, and have the other people on the road safe. But that's a long time before we will Yeah, they're talking situation. about, like, there's different uh, levels of autonomous driving. And the uh, yeah. anytime, if I would guess, and this is just speculation, if there's still something for a human being that they have to do, you can't time. be impaired for a long yeah. time. Yeah. But the pure like limousine mode, where you have like a chauffeur, where you can just go to sleep, yeah, get as drunk as you want. Yeah, eventually the uh, autonomous cars will be better than humans, more reliable than humans, and uh, there will be no reason why somebody that was impaired yeah. cannot have someone take him home. That someone is is a very very intelligent car. Okay. okay, I got one more. I'm sorry, Rick. It came in because it's uh, it's kind of criticizing my my driving style. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Stu, on the way to the radio show this morning. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I like Stu. Shift my 2010 Scion's automatic transmission. Most always downshifts, but I've heard on numerous car websites that this will prematurely destroy the tranny. True or false? Uh oh. Rick, that's for you. False. Okay, good. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I quite often do this if I'm coming down off a hill or a bridge. I'll downshift my transmission. It is not going to hurt the transmission. Uh, as long as you're not, like, banging the shifter around. If you're, you know, very aggressive and hard on the shifter, you might damage the shifter. But just normal active driving, no. You're not going to hurt it at all. Okay. Okay. Well, you got some YouTubes, don't you, Rick? We do indeed. Uh, Ernesto has a great one here. Uh, he says, good morning. He says, how well are Toyota mechanics trained on Lexus? A friend is considering buying a Lexus, but the nearest Lexus dealer is two hours away, and there's a Toyota dealership right close in his city. Now, I can answer 90% of that and give you a great answer here. We are trained for just about every model of Lexus because all of them are simply, shall we say, dressed up Toyotas for the most part. Exactly. There are a couple models of Lexus that we do not have, and in those cases, for things to get very technical with them on those few, we would refer you to a Lexus dealer. Bear in mind, however, Toyota dealerships cannot do any warranty work yeah. on a Lexus. And that would include the free maintenances that you would get from buying a Lexus 
the, your, your first two years of maintenance or okay, whatever. Okay, we've got a phone caller here, and uh, Ernesto, gonna... one thing I'll add is uh, that's a great idea. You save a ton of money if you drive a luxury car like an Acura or an Infiniti or a Cadillac. Yeah, if you're driving a Cadillac, go to a Chevy dealer. If you're driving an Infiniti, go to a Nissan dealer. The prices will be about half exactly. of what you have to pay. Justin, thank you so much for uh, holding, and Justin is calling us from Dallas, Texas. Good morning, Good morning Justin. Everyone. Good morning. Uh, I had a quick question. Um, uh, my wife and I just paid off our Nissan Rogue that we bought about you know, about two and a half years ago, and we're almost in the market for a new car for myself. And I wanted to know if I would get a better deal if I told the dealership that I was willing to finance with them, or would they give me a worse deal if I said I was willing to pay cash for the entire car? Oh, it's almost like we put you up to that question, Justin, because we've got a mystery shopping report today that uh, indirectly uh, addresses that issue. Uh, but the answer simply is you're far better off to tell them you will finance with them uh, when you negotiate the price for the car. And that is because car dealers make more money financing cars than they do selling cars. Oftentimes, they will let a very, very slim deal, a very narrow profit deal happen because they never going to have a chance to make two or three or four or five or even more thousand dollars on you in the finance department but by always tell them and this applies to everybody out there that you're thinking about financing the car and then go about your negotiation there's nothing to stop you from at the when you finally got your price from saying but i think i just changed my mind i'm going to pay cash but when you do that, Justin, um, do not focus on payment. When you say you're going to finance, they're going to present you a bunch of payments. You don't want to see the payments. You want to see the, the, the selling yeah. price. Good and do point. The yeah, bottom yeah. line, yeah. out the door price, yeah, they will play with you on the payments. So yeah. that's absolutely Same true. with leasing, too. Yeah. Get a, get a sale price. So when I'm in the F&I, I, I can just tell them I've changed my mind. I've decided to pay cash. Yes, exactly. And, and there, this is a, this comes from the mystery shopping report that we'll be talking about uh, in the second hour. But in this particular case, I'll have to let a little bit be revealed. Uh, the car dealer told us in the mystery shopping report that the price the mystery shopper came in on was only good if they financed with that dealer. Now that's illegal. Uh, but if they tell you that, just say you can't do that. That is illegal. You cannot tie the financing to the purchase price. Uh, there are a few. There are a few exceptions when the financing they're talking about is manufacturer's financing that you have mm. availed, uh, say, 0% or, and or a rebate. But uh, in 99% of the cases, uh, they won't raise that issue. But this was raised with us for the first time or maybe the second time that I can recall. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you, Justin. You Great just call. Uh, YourAnonymousFeedback.com. We can't repeat that enough. YourAnonymousFeedback.com, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530, and I think I'm going to send it over to Rick. We have one last one here. Uh, William is asking, good morning from New Jersey. says, what advice would you give to a first-time buyer when it comes to used cars and comparing dealers against one another when it can be hard to find similar cars for sale. 
Auto Trader uh, can be your best friend when you're buying a used car because you can expand your radius by adding different zip codes and you identify the specific vehicle you want. Virtually every dealer in the United States lists their entire inventory on Auto Trader. So if you want to go far enough radius, I mean enough miles, you'll probably find the exact car you want. Uh, and you can shop online, remember, you don't have to actually go in until you actually have to drive the car and feel it, smell it, and be sure it's what it represented to be. But uh, you uh, shop and compare uh, online. Start with Auto Trader to find the car you want and deal as much as online as you possibly can. And a used car is the best way to go. A used car is a better value than a new car. Late model a used car is in a lot of ways better than a new car. So um, that's, that's the answer, William. If you uh, have any other questions, give us a call anytime. Okay, I think we're I have gonna a call. Go to jo- we're going to go to John in Palm City. Good morning, John. <clears throat> morning, John. John, you're with us. Can you hear us? Okay. I think we have a, a phone issue. We got him. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. Hey. Nice day. Another warm day. Yes. Very warm. Um, Want to talk about Ford, the one company that did not need a bailout. Here's your basic reasons why. Ford basically knows what to do to survive. Ford is cutting 7,000 white-collar jobs worldwide. That's going to save them $600 million a year. That's basically 10% of the global work, world uh, workforce. Uh, there'll be 2,300 of buyouts and layoffs in the USA alone. Uh, actually, it eliminates bureaucracy. doesn't say anything naturally about the union uh, workers, this is strictly white collar, and it's for extra, you know, extra meat the stuff that they didn't need. People reporting to somebody else, and it's eliminating the waste. So, again, it sounds bad to the people that are going to lose the job, but again, it's Ford knowing what to do and why in the past that they needed the bailout. And you know, we all know again. I talked in the back past about Corvette. Well, the Mustang is still a very hot seller since it came out in April 64. At that time, I was at the World's Fair in a corporate exhibit for another company, and um, it was announced, and the first day they sold 2,200. Wow. In 18 months, they sold over a million Mustangs. I didn't realize In 66, they sold, I remember, 607,000 cars, and in 66, it was the only American car that received the Tiffany Award for Excellence in American Design. Hmm. Nobody else ever received it. So again, congratulations to Ford. Uh, it's a good car. It's a hot seller. And again, it's bad news to the people that are losing the job. But Ford knows basically how to turn, you know, economize. And then the second thing I want to mention, and I don't really understand this, and I don't think... Rick or uh, Earl understand it. Tesla has been caught in Delaware, in the state of Delaware, selling federal greenhouse credits, Tesla. They were selling them to, or they are selling them to Fiat Chrysler and GM. The details are unknown, but what it does, it offsets the gas-guzzling trucks and SUVs of GM and uh, Chrysler. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, it's the, the details are not fully known, but it is a fact that they're selling credits to the two companies that need them. 
Does anybody know anything about that? John, uh, it's selling uh, greenhouse credits is not against the law. It's, it's, uh, it happens. I think uh, the embarrassing part with Tesla is the fact that they are uh, having a cash, pro- cash flow problem. And, uh, you know, there's uh, questions about their uh, longevity, whether Tesla can survive. And I think what they're doing is tr- probably trying to raise cash. But all the manufacturers will, will do this. They will, people that, that have built up credits. So you build up credits by complying with the law in terms of emissions. And then uh, you can actually exceed your um, uh, number of emission-satisfied government official cars. Uh, you, you have to build your cars to meet a certain gas mileage. And if you build too many cars that are over that gas mileage limitation, you have to pay for it. And the, one, the way you pay for it is you have to buy the uh, greenhouse credits from other manufacturers that exceed. I can see where Tesla would accumulate a huge storehouse full of uh, greenhouse credits. They probably have more than they need. So they go to Chrysler, who's in trouble. They're selling too many cars with uh, high emissions, and they have to buy these greenhouse credits to cover that. So it's kind of a crazy system, but that's the way it's been for 20 years. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was going for that back. Yes. And, um, you know, it, it sounds to me a little shady. It but, does sound uh, shady. It's, it's I don't been think it's going Tesla, on for, as you say, about yeah. 20 years. And I thought it was something basically within the last couple of years. Yeah. It's, One it, other fast comment, too, on the Tesla, on the uh, not Tesla, but the uh, recall. All right. Whenever you get a car, and it has, and the, and the dealer is covering it up. To me, this is actually worse than playing Russian roulette. Sure. I mean, especially with the hot weather now in Florida that we're having. I mean, that thing could go off any time whatsoever. Sure. And, and I can't understand how it's so covered up, or dealers can actually sell a car and cover it up and lie outright and tell you, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's nothing wrong, it's the safety, it's, it's been checked in our shop. John, did you so see the... Did one you, comment on that, especially in this hot weather we've been having. That could be set off in South Florida so fast, it's not funny. Uh, you want to talk about a conspiracy? I had a call uh, from a Wall Street Journal reporter yesterday, and he and I were talking about this USA Today article that we commented on the show a couple of weeks ago. A headline of the article was, Headline, USA Today, used car dealers didn't want to fix deadly defects, so they wrote a few law, a new law to avoid it. And this is a conspiracy, and they actually conspired. Uh, there's a there's a group in Washington that is supported and financed by the state car dealer associations. It's called the Automotive Trade Association, and they wrote a model legislation, they call it, that goes to all the state legislatures. And this was designed to avoid car dealers who sell cars knowingly with defective airbags or any other dangerous recall to, to uh, protect them against lawsuits. When you sell a defective product that can kill you and someone is injured, your whole business is at stake. You could be sued on punitive damages to put you out of business. So this model legislation that is being passed in state legislatures around the USA gets them off the hook. And what this is, is legislation that says the car dealer must disclose the 
fact that there's a dangerous recall in the car. Now, uh, the, the, wor- the, the devil is in the detail of fine print. Disclosure means fine print that nobody reads. Reams of paper when you buy a car, you sign it. In those reams of paper, among dealer fees and hidden fees, you will find this disclosure that, by the way, this car you're buying has a dangerous recall. doesn't even require the dealer to fix it. Now, this, was a, this is headline USA Today. And the Wall Street Journal reporter talked to me about this. So this is simmering. I hope it begins to boil. And the whole media jumps on this. A, a conspiracy plot to protect car dealers against a terrible thing, which is selling cars with defective airbags. And uh, they're trying to hide it in the detail. Well, thank you for that information. Thank you, John, for the call. Thank you, John. It was great hearing from you. Uh, You know, I sit here, and as you repeat uh, what you just said, I I, I can, if I didn't know any better, I'd say you made it up. It just doesn't make any sense. I'd love to hear from an official out there somewhere. I mean, we have regulators, we have legislators, we have lawyers, we have car dealers, we have auto manufacturers. You know, we're we're nationwide now. We just heard from Montana and who else? Uh, Dallas, New Texas, Jer- New Montana. Jersey. We're all over the United States. I know some folks out there are listening that understand this kind of thing. You don't have to identify yourself. And of course, we've got youranonymousfeedback.com. We'll never know who you are. Talk about this talk about this. I've just accused the auto industry and the car dealers of a massive conspiracy to hide the fact that they are selling you a car with a dangerous recall. And how can no one comment on that on the other side? Legislators, attorneys, regulators, attorney generals all over the USA. Somebody call this show, 877-960-9960, or text us at 772-497-6530. And if you're chicken, youranonymousfeedback.com, www.youranonymousfeedback.com, and tell us what you think about what yeah, we're saying exactly uh wouldn't it be great to hear from ashley ashley moody the attorney sure. general wouldn't it be great if she could partner up with us and do something drastic about this situation ladies and gentlemen we want to hear from you you can hear us in the studio we love what we're doing here and we love providing you with information but we love hearing from you and your information that you know we may not have heard this past week so uh if you're shy 772-497-6530 uh if you want to call us 877-960-9960 and remember we got a fabulous fabulous mystery shopping report from None other than Graco Mazda. Now back to the recovering car dealer. I was just going to ask if we had any text. I think we just got one. Mm-hmm. It's popped in. Uh, let's see. No name on this, but it says, Wow, I just stumbled on your show on the way to breakfast with my kids. Believe it or not, our plans today were to, was to head over to AutoNation Cadillac to get a CTS. Heard the caller this morning about GM and the recalled airbags. Guess what? Not going to any GM dealer now. <laughs> Know anyone who sells Toyotas? LOL. Thanks. <laughs> you know, uh, speaking of AutoNation, interesting point there. Uh, there are a lot of changes happening with AutoNation now. And uh, uh, we found out uh, this uh, through a mystery shopping report, actually. Uh, AutoNation has decided that they are having a difficult time making a profit in the new car department. And uh, they've decided to raise their prices. And uh, they've 
made a corporate decision. Now, they're the largest retailer of cars in the USA, about 220 dealerships nationwide, all makes Cadillac, uh, Toyota, uh, Honda. They got every franchise. And But all the car dealers are facing a challenge in the new car departments, really thanks to you consumers out there who are becoming more and more educated. You know what the dealer's costs are. You know what a good price is with Costco, uh, true car programs. And the pressure is on. The competition is terrible. There's still a lot of people being taken advantage of. But the fact of the matter is, AutoNation about a year ago said, we're going to raise our prices. So what that tells me, if you're thinking about buying a car, be very careful for two reasons when you go into an AutoNation store. Uh, first of all, their prices are higher than they were a year ago. Secondly, they're making up for the high car prices with the F&I, the finance. They are taking huge advantage of people in the finance department. They, their average uh, uh, profit is about $2,000 per car in the finance department, and they're trying to raise it above that. Great information. Uh, we're going to go to Lori, who I'm very excited to speak with, and she's a first-time caller from Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Lori. Good morning. How are you all today? Good morning. Great. Good. Hot, beautiful day here in Florida. Steamy. So what can we do for you? Okay. So my daughter and I are in the market of buying a new car. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's always, um, I'm a good negotiator. Good. And we were offered for her car um, pretty much book value. Is there any negotiate, you know, any way of negotiating higher than what they're really giving you when you're doing a trade-in and they are offering you book value? And the reason why I'm asking that is because she's obviously upside down. You know, she owes more than what they're offering her for the car. Sure. Lori, did you get three prices uh, for your trade-in? Did you go to three different did we places? Get to the prices? No, we definitely did not. We went to one dealer that we normally deal with and got their price. I'll let uh, the recovering car dealer answer that. Yeah, Laura, you, you should negotiate the price on your trade-in just like you negotiated the price on the car you're buying. And it sounds like you said you're a good negotiator. Uh, take that trade-in. Um, let's say you're, I'm not sure what make you're buying, but let's say you're buying a Honda. Uh, you go to a Honda. It's actually, it's actually a Hyundai. Oh, Hyundai. Okay. You go to three Hyundai dealers, but you deal directly with their used car department. I would call on the phone ahead of time, make an appointment with the used car manager. And you tell the used car manager that you have a Hyundai, uh, you're driving, describe it, and say, I want to sell that Hyundai to you. Car dealers buy a lot of cars. We call it over the curb, directly from consumers. And that's a, a real source of inventory for car dealers to sell on their used car lots. So their used car uh, used car dealer will be thrilled to death. You drive over there, and when you get there, say, okay, what will you pay me today cash for my car? And before you uh, praise my car and tell me, I'm taking it to two other Hyundai dealers, and I'm going to get their best price, so be sure you give me the price you will pay me. Armed with that information, you go back to the Hyundai dealer you want to buy the car from and say, if you can meet the price that your competition offered me on my car, then I will trade it in to you. And there's a, an advantage to trading it in, by the way, because if you're in Florida, which I believe you are, uh, you get a 6% 
sales tax advantage on the value of your trade. If your trade is worth $10,000, 6% would be $600 that you would be actually saving uh, because you get an exemption on that sales tax. So be sure when you get your competitive bids from the other Hyundai dealers that you take into account the sales tax advantage of trading it to the dealer you buy it from. That makes so much sense. I never thought to go to a used car department before I actually go to the new car department. It just makes so much sense mm-hmm. because that's the market that they're in. Absolutely. They want my car. Absolutely. Well, Lori, call us back and tell us how it worked. We'd love to hear from you again. We love female callers, especially sharp callers like you, good negotiators. And if you'd call us next week mm-hmm. and tell us how much more you were able to get for your trade-in, and we'd l- love to hear from you. Lori, we, uh, we, we, keep, you, we keep you on the cutting edge, Lori, uh, giving you a lot of tools to save you a whole lot of money. And uh, talking about money, you just won yourself $50 today for being the first female caller. And if you stay on the line, you can talk with Rudy in our control room, and he'll get your information, and I'll get that check out to you on Monday. Whoop, whoop. That's the car. Thank you. Is that wonderful? Right. We got a whoop, whoop. Yes, thank you. I love your program. Thank you. Thank you so much. 877-960-9960, or you can text us. 772-497-6530. We had a caller one time that said you should give the numbers out twice. So in deference to that caller, 772-497-6530 is our text number. And, and 877-960-9960 yeah. is our call-in number. And you know what's really um, another good idea is uh, exchanging back and forth. The listener is listening, and he's listening to your voice, and then all of a sudden, I think that's a good idea. I would say the number, you say the text, and they would, you know, be able to grasp it a little quicker. <clears throat> I think we have another text here, don't we, Stu? We do. It's a good question. It's from Joe, and he's uh, he's actually uh, a snowbird. He lives part of the year in <laughs> Cleveland, and he lives part of the year down in Boca. And he says, since you are so strong in your opinions about the auto industry, which other dealers may consider negative, has Toyota threatened to take any action against you unless you keep quiet? That's interesting. And and it's it's almost like an insider question there, Joe. Uh, Joe, I've been around for a long time. I've been a Toyota dealer since 1975. Uh, Most of the executives in Toyota I know when they were in knee pants. And uh, I'm I'm kind of... uh, I guess I guess I'm a legend in You're my own time. The elder statesman. Yeah, you know the one uh, I talk about the truth being the great defense against libel and slander. Uh, success is the greatest protection against action by uh, auto manufacturers. If you're selling uh, cars, <laughs> I'm, uh, I, you're, you're forcing me to brag that we sell a whole lot of cars and we have extremely high customer satisfaction, and we comply with all the rules and regulations. We exceed uh, their expectations and all the parameters that they measure Toyota dealers on. So when I open my big mouth, I will say this. I do get calls from top executives in Toyota. Uh, back in 2009, when the sudden acceleration, was that 2009? Yes. Sudden acceleration. Or 10. We began giving away free loaners to all of our customers who were terrified to drive Toyotas. And I won't name the executive, but a top Toyota executive called me and said, uh, you're putting a lot of pressure on us and other Toyota dealers. We wish you would stop doing that. And I said, no, I'm not going to stop doing that. So uh, when you've been around a long time and you've got the, the credentials, uh, they they let me get away with it. Yeah, I mean it's always informal stuff, <clears throat> and then the manufacturers have 
rules built in to the advertising that they allow you to say so you can't come out and like outwardly yep. attack a competitor and with that said i you're now you're forcing me to do something else i don't want to do a toyota of all the manufacturers i've been affiliated with and i've been affiliated with lots and lots of them general motors and mazda and fiat and Peugeot. uh toyota is head and shoulders above all the other manufacturers in quality and the way they treat their dealers on uh, the way they respect their dealers and the way they treat their customers they just need to get a lot better just like everybody does we all need to get better and there's a japanese word which is my motto it's kaizen continuous improvement no matter how good you get you got to get better and that's toyota's motto i stole that from toyota so whereas i can attack them they let me attack them because they know i love them yes exactly and you named your cat kaizen too Yes. This kidding, Earl does not have a cat. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read. Well, I'm not going to read something. I'm just going I'm, to refer to it. I'm going to interrupt you for a moment, okay. and I'm going to go to Julie. Hey, we got a caller. Julie is a first-time caller from Jupiter. Good morning, Julie. You win yourself fifty dollars. Good morning. Everybody loves another fifty dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, what can uh, we do for you this morning? Yeah, I'm doing well, thank you. Um, my question is on um, engine coolant flushing. Um, I, I just recently took my uh, 2012 uh, Prius into, uh, into Earl Stewart, of course, and I got the AC coolant flush, but um, I've never um, had an engine, a hybrid engine coolant done before. Uh, why, why is that necessary? What does that do? Rick? Well, there's actually two cooling systems on a Prius. Uh, the first one is the actual engine coolant, which is it's normal radiator coolant in both. And the engine coolant, of course, keeps the engine cool and provides heat for the heater core. The hybrid cooling system uses the same type of fluid, but it's a totally separate system. Uh, both of these, that coolant eventually over time starts to get contaminated and it starts to break down. And the Toyota recommended service maintenance on it is at 100, uh, let's see, a 2012 Prius would be 120,000 miles. And then about every 50,000 miles after that, they recommend to have that coolant replaced in order to keep everything running properly, get the contaminants out of there, and keep your car <coughs> tip-top shape. Julie, how many miles do you have on your Prius? I have 97,000. So I've got a few more miles before I need to do the engine coolant, correct? Correct. Yes. Yes. That's. Uh, yeah. We should. We probably should have just told you that when you reach 120,000, you should have it done. Uh, 97,000 would be uh, flushing it too soon, wouldn't it, Rick? A little bit early. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds sounds great. Um, I've never had a hybrid before. I uh, I love it and. Um, Keep doing what you're doing. Thank Julie, you so much, Julie. Uh, I also want to say that, that when you said flush, uh, you got uh, you know you got me nervous because a lot of car dealers are recommending flushes that are positively not needed, like transmission flushes uh, and like radiator flushes uh, that you really don't have to have done. And uh, the uh, this uh, this coolant flush in the Prius something I wasn't even aware of, and Rick Rick uh, jumped on that, and I. I'm going to talk to my service manager about your call because uh, I don't like the idea of uh, recommending uh, services without explaining. And the fact that they recommended at 97,000 miles makes me a little bit nervous when it should have been done at 120,000 miles. So we'll investigate that. Uh, I just oh, let's double-check because the, the 2012, I believe, was right on 
within the range of the cutoff when they were switching from 100,000 to 120,000. Oh, so Rick made a mistake. It, may, I, it yeah. may have been my mistake. Let me look that up, as a matter of fact. Julie, but thank there you There were a lot of the older okay. ones that were thank recommended at 100. Thank Stay you on the much. line and give us your contact information, Lori, and spread the word. We just love to hear from the ladies. We're trying to build a... Well, a stronger platform today. Uh, we have come a long way with the ladies, uh, and uh, we need to hear from them. Uh, we need to hear all of them, from all of them. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We've got some more text here. and uh, Well, we do, and one is a, it came in on anonymous feedback, and um, I will not read it on the air because FCC has regulations about the kind of language you can use, but it says blank you, Earl. I think I know That's what it. it was. Can I guess? Don't do it now. Um, <laughs> but the reason I'm reading it is because we're going to read anything on the air, yeah. and nothing you can say is going to, well, maybe it bothers a little bit, uh, but we're going to read it. We take it seriously. Was we it, answer was it. Was it the F word? Huh? Yep. Yes, it yep. said flabbergast you, Earl. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, and that's all? That was the whole thing? That was it? Uh, oh. like, There's no well, punctuation you, or anything. You know, I, I got it the first time. <laughs> but I have to say something that, uh, thank you. Yes. And I, yeah, why am I saying thank you? You're it's because we're finally getting the courage of you folks out there that disagree with us. And you have proven that we will, as Stu just said, we'll read anything. So the only thing we'll do is we'll bleep a little bit uh, the the uh, uh, pornography, yeah. uh, profanity, uh, or whatever you want yeah, to call it. Yeah, we're PG-13 rated on this show, I yeah, would say. Yeah, yeah. 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 But we'll, tell every, we'll communicate what was said. So I think when we said the F word, you know, they said... Uh, F me, and that's okay. Yeah. And so if you feel that way about me, get it out. Anonymousfeedback.com. Let You're it all out. Anonymousfeedback.com. Tell me what you think about the show and everybody else. Right. And, you know, I hear, I remember something about Eli, and he would say, let it go. That's right. Let it go. Let it so, go. ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. Our grandson. And car dealers. Yes. Let it go. You can do it many ways. 772-497-6530 or Take advantage of youranonymousfeedback.com. We, as Stu just proved, we put it all out there. We understand that it's frustrating to, as a car dealer, to listen to this show and hearing all the secrets get out. And if you got to just, like you said, just release, yeah. go ahead, youranonymousfeedback.com. We got there, Carlos there holding go. here while we're okay, yakking. Uh, okay, Carlos. <laughs> Wait, that might have come from Nancy now that I think about it. <laughs> Thank you for holding, Carlos. Your uh, Carlos is calling oh. from West Palm Beach. Thanks for having me on, guys. Love your show. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Morning. Uh, we're in the we're in the uh, in the process in the market for actually two cars. We're looking at uh, a Mazda three and a Mazda six. Um, some of the things that I've come up with, I guess you possibly answered these questions before. I just haven't come around them, so I'm kind of new to your uh, your channel on YouTube. Um, is the dealer fees and the listed price? Uh, I'm getting a lot of dealer fees of eight ninety nine, plus electronic registration fees of like three ninety nine. One dealer had um, a perma plate, uh, whatever the heck that is, a uh, <laughs> fee of like nine ninety seven. Um, then he changed it to like three two ninety seven uh, when I called later. Uh, but I'm, to get to the bottom of the question, I guess is like when the when the the listed num the listed uh, price of the car, is there a, a a profit already built into the listed price online? 
Because, I mean, I, I'm all for the dealer making money. I just don't want to get hosed while doing it. You sure. know what I mean? I understand. Carlos, uh, the, the, the listed price uh, is a general term. The, uh, the price that you want to focus on when you're looking at new cars is the MSRP, which is the official federally mandated, they call it Monroney label, manufacturer suggested retail price. The dealers will often have their own list price, and that includes things like permanent Permatex or whatever you just said, uh, worthless, virtually worthless add-ons like nitrogen and, and uh, paint sealant and fabric protection and uh, uh, things that cost them virtually nothing that they can charge thousands of dollars for. So when you're comparing models, you're looking at a Mazda 3 and a Mazda 6, be sure you're comparing, if you're comparing prices with different dealers, and you should, compare the MSRP on the M3, Mazda 3 or the Mazda 6 of your choice. Now once you decide uh, uh, which, which vehicle you want, you negotiate your best price by a discount from the manufacturer's suggested retail price. When you get your best discount from the dealer that you're shopping, and you should shop at least three Mazda dealers, then that's where you have to start worrying about dealer fees. The dealer fee is not going to be included in anything you've seen in the way of advertising. If It might be in the fine print, and it would probably just say plus fees or some innocuous term. A lot of times you'll get at the dealership, you'll have a price, and then plus, plus, plus. Yes. The, one of the pluses is the dealer fees. <laughs> you pay. So what you have to do is you need to corner the dealer. You have to say, okay, this is the price you quoted me, and I want you to promise me that this is an out-the-door price. You don't care what dealer fees he puts in there or what Permatex or anything else because what you're comparing is an out-the-door price plus government fees only. That's tax and tag, for sales tax and license plate. So as long as they add only the license plate and the sales tax, you're happy. You're going to compare their out-the-door price with whatever they want to include in it because you're going to buy it from the dealer that gives you the lowest price. And we have a form, Nancy Stewart, my co-host, invented this form, and it's called an out-the-door price affidavit. You can go online, www.outthedoorpriceaffidavit.com. You can download it. You can either fax it or email it. Uh, scan it, send it to the dealer, bring it in yourself, and when you are ready to buy from the dealer who has the lowest price, they must sign this, and when they sign it, they've legally obligated themselves to the price they quoted you. The only thing they can add to that is you take delivery and go through the F&I process is government fees, which are sales tax and license tag. Now, does that, is that different from, like, also, like, looking at a used car? How is it, how is the approach different from looking at a used car? Well, used car, you don't have an in MSRP. Term, in terms know. of the list price. Yeah. Uh, the MSRP uh, doesn't exist for used cars. The dealers will ask a price. Uh, for used cars, I advise that you go to Auto Trader and find out uh, the Mazda 3 or the Mazda 6 you're looking for, equipment, color, and everything else, and you can expand your territory by zip code, go out as far as you want. In South Florida, there's probably 15 Mazda dealers, and you can find out which Mazda has the uh, Mazda dealer has a used Mazda that you're looking to buy, and we'll have a price on there, and then you'll communicate online or by phone, and you'll do the same thing that I discussed earlier 
with a new car purchase that you would do um, in person. And you can email the dealer. That, let's say you found a Mazda dealer in Fort Lauderdale that had the Mazda 6 you wanted to buy, the used Mazda, and you would uh, communicate with him online, and you'll get a price. And then you would call the dealer, email him back, say, if this is an out-the-door price, I want you to sign this form. I'm going to fax you or email you. And you be sure that the price he gave you is out the door plus government fees only. Right. All right. Okay. Yeah. Cause I've noticed that some of the list prices are lower, but then when you like, when, when comparing two, you know, two pretty much identical cars, you're, you know, comparing apples to apples, right? Sure, sure. But one price, one list price, one online price may be, uh, let's say $1,500, thousand dollars lower than another one sure uh but then when you start getting back and forth and they start emailing you you find out that the one that was lower actually has like maybe exactly. you know almost two thousand dollars worth yeah. of dealer fees where the only one the other one only has maybe 900 yeah i prefer the word hidden fees a uh, dealer fee has become kind of a term that we use in the industry they don't call dealer fees dealer fees uh 25 years ago they called them dealer fees now they call dealer fees everything but a dealer fee because the word dealer fee has been exposed. They are hidden fees. They call them electronic fees, filing fees, administrative fees. Exactly. Exactly. So, and they don't have one fee anymore, one hidden fee. They have several. So you hit it right. right on the head, Carlos. The guy that's got the lowest price probably has the highest hidden fees, and that's the reason you need to get the out-the-door price. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I just want to make sure that, you know, when I'm getting the outdoor price, I'm trying to negotiate something that's fair. Because, yes. uh, again, I, you know, I want the dealer to make money. I mean, sure. I'm trying to support my local businesses, so I, you sure. know, I need them to stay in business. Um, but I just don't want to get, you know... Uh, As you, you said, hose. Along the way. Yeah, yeah, you said hose earlier. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 a good guy, and the car dealers uh, should respect you for that. Uh, they they like to think of their buyers as chiselers and liars. Uh, there's a, there's a phrase in the industry: buyers are liars, and car dealers really hold their uh, their customers in a lot of low regard. And I think they demonize their customers to salve their consciences because of what they do to them. But there are a lot of people like you, Carlos, that really respect business and think it's fair for them to make a, a fair profit. You just don't want to be taken advantage of. And I respect that, and they should respect you. And we just want to inform so here's, you. So here's, so here's one last question for you, Earl. Sure. If, if I'm getting a list, right, I've got the, 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 list, the online list price, and there is you know, a dealer fee and an e-tag fee. Um, is it, is it, uh, is it fair to try to negotiate the, that, you know, that dealer fee, that eight ninety nine or whatever it is, plus e-tag fee, whatever those other charges are sure. off from sure. the list, from you, the you, listing, you, online you, listing price, or, or is there no profit in that online listing price some some dealers will negotiate it and there are different ways you can negotiate it one of the best ways uh to negotiate it is to say listen i you know if they agree to they say we can't take it off because we charge this to all our customers and there's a rumor right. going around and it's a false rumor uh propagated by car dealers that uh they could get in trouble liability wise if they if they pick and chose who they charge the dealer fee so okay uh uh, charge me the dealer fee, the eight ninety nine. Just lower the price by eight ninety nine, and they can't argue against that. Uh, another way uh, you can do it is just say that I don't care. Include you know, 
charge all the fees you want because I'm going to take your price that you give me, the out the door, and I'm going to compare it with your competition. So that diffuses the effect of the dealer fee. The only power and, and the only benefit to a car dealer of the dealer fee is the surprise. It's hidden. Once you know the dealer fee exists, he loses that advantage of surprise. He is making his money by the unsuspecting customers that buy the car, they see the price, they think they're charged, saving $1,500 over the competition, and when they go into the business office, he has $2,000 in hidden fees that they might not even be aware of. Right. One other thing, you got okay. to answer your question, Carlos, um, are they making money with their listed online price? The answer is yes. Not as much as they'd like to make, but there are so many kickbacks to the dealer from the manufacturer, even a low price, even if they tell you it's below invoice, they're making they're making money. They they wouldn't put a price online that wouldn't that, that wouldn't allow them to sustain their business. Well, I, I'm an, I'll disagree with you on that. I think that's mostly true, but advertised prices in general are are so bogus in South Florida that they actually lose money. Yeah, when but, they sell the yeah. Let me let me jump back in. Some manufacturers it's the it's wide open. Some manufacturers have restrictions on how low they can advertise. They the do. Price. Some so do. In those cases, yes, they're making some money. So Carlos, so uh, you're talking in in, in, ter- in like what you just mentioned that's in uh considering new cars right because what we're looking actually for is for used for used cars yeah it's the same game with used cars well, i could say there is a chance because car dealers they will lower the price of their cars as they age in their inventory so there's a chance if you find a car that's been there to say 50 days 75 days they might not be making any money on that car but they're avoiding a much bigger loss when they try to wholesale it at an auction yeah Great information. Right. Okay. Carlos, uh, I right, just so, wanted... So, okay. so your bottom line is try to fight those, all, you know, whatever extra fees off of there, and they're still li- they're, they're likely to still be making money. Yeah, Absolutely. They, will, they, they will be making money. They won't sell your car if they're going to lose money, and uh, it's just a matter of full transparency disclosure. Uh, you just want to know their best price that they can make money on, and when you don't ask those questions, you're going to be paying a lot more than that. Right. And, and, and Carlos, um, we're here to, well, try to keep the car dealers honest, and we're also here for the consumer to try to save you some money. And there's it, this this whole deal doesn't have to be as stressful as they make it out. So I hope that we've helped you, and I also help. I would like to help you by telling you to print out that legal document and have whomever sign it whatever dealership that you're dealing with because you will that will ensure that you pay the out the door price and believe me even then they're making money good luck yeah i i printed i printed that out yesterday cuz we're out we've been out looking for the last week and we'll be out uh, again today great Love to hear from you again and see how it went. I, we love to hear success stories. If you could call us back, if you bought a car by then next Saturday, we'd love to hear from you, Carlos. Excellent. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate the show and the information. Thank you, Thank you very much. Keep it up. Thank you. Um, to Julie, if you're still listening, your 2012 Prius, I looked it up. According to the Toyota factory recommended maintenance, your engine coolant and hybrid coolant were due at 100,000 miles, not 120. So, Rick made a little mistake there, but then yeah. again, boo boo. Uh, thank God for Google, right? And that and all those repair manuals and books, because yes. 
Even even my head can't store all the facts. Yeah. Well, factory recommended maintenance you have to adhere to. Anything in the owner's manual you should adhere to. Uh, there's a lot of good reasons for that. And the other side of that coin is don't pay any attention to the dealer's recommended maintenance unless it equals what the owner's manual says. That's right. right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you just tuned in, uh, you're listening to Earl Stewart on Cars, and uh, we are here from you, and we love hearing from our listeners, whether it's a text, whether you're going to give us a call, or you're going to take advantage of youranonymousfeedback.com. We'd like to know how you rate the show, and we'd love for you to rate that mystery shopping report that will be coming up at 772-497-6530. Rick, let's do some YouTubes. I see a couple of marks on your pad there. Yep. I've got uh, Scott is asking, are you guys going to get the new Toyota Supra, and do you know if they are going to be a limited production car? I heard somewhere that there were only going to be 7,500 built in three years, Mm -hmm. and that is super limited production. Uh, Those cars will be priced to the sky. Uh, The car dealers will add uh, market adjustment addendums. They'll mark up the MSRP by thousands of dollars. I would say a $10,000 or $15,000 or $20,000 markup would not be unexpected. And uh, be very, very careful. If you're very liquid... Go out and buy one. <laughs> but if, if you care about s- saving some money, yeah. just wait. Uh, eventually, you'll be able to get one. Uh, just yeah, don't, you'll, don't, don't. you'll have to get on a waiting list because the dealers will only be getting one at a time at the beginning, and maybe they'll only get one at a time um, throughout the entire production. Yeah. Uh, and you would want to be sure that uh, you knew what the price was. And uh, if you can find a dealer that will sell you one at MSRP, I'd grab it. There's nobody going to discount the new Supra, and I don't think you'll find anybody that will even sell it at MSRP. But if you do, that's a good price. Uh, Look for the addendum label, and be sure you have a written buyer's order committing to sell you that vehicle. And then when the vehicle finally comes in, stay on top of it, call the dealer, and be sure that he does not sell that car that you bought at a price you felt was fair yeah. to the highest bidder. That's another game that all manufacturers, or I should say car dealers, play yeah. with limited edition, low, low supply, high demand cars. They will take the customer's car when it comes in, don't tell them it came in, and sell it to somebody that outbid the price uh-huh. that you paid. This is the only time we will recommend paying MSRP for it. MSRP, vehicle. yeah. Well, but that happens, though. Seriously, you might have a deposit. You might have been waiting for a year for this thing, yeah. and somebody's going to come in and says, I'll pay you whatever you want, yeah. and your car is gone, guaranteed. Yeah. guaranteed. And when the salesman's getting 25% of the profit, think about that. Mm. Uh, a $5,000 markup uh, is going to give him $1,250. Just plus the other commission. And ladies and gentlemen, Earl's information he just shared with you, I'll tell you what, it's gold because supply and demand, hmm, it can rear its ugly head and really muddy the waters. we got a lot of text here, and uh, let's get the other YouTube, and then we'll start on Stu's text. Mr. Hand, one of our YouTubers that we call, he talks with us every week here. <laughs> Mr. Steady Stu. I have information about that, by the way. Huh? <laughs> Says, AutoNation Nissan of Pembroke Pines advertised a used Camry that he was interested in for his daughter. Their out-the-door price was actually $2,300 higher than the ad price. 
on a used Camry. Wow. That's shocking. Uh, it's a damn shame. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, uh, you're sharp and you caught it. And uh, just just be careful, folks. Uh, uh, car dealers are desperate. And uh, uh, the profits are down. Uh, this year, sales are down. Uh, car dealers are struggling. Uh, a lot of car dealers are selling out. Uh, some car dealers are going broke. You can only afford one shirt. Yeah. That's a joke, guys. Exactly. So <laughs> desperation brings on uh, crazy things like this. So be uh, double your double your uh, due diligence when you're buying a car today. Um, I have a trivia question about Mr. Hand. In the 70s and Saturday Night Live, Mr. Bill Show, there was a character called Mr. Hands. Who played Mr. Hands? We'll get back to that later, but we have texts. Um, this is a great one. Um, are there any women car dealers? I don't think I've ever heard of one. That's from Marion up in Gainesville. Great town. You know, there there are women car dealers, and unfortunately, these women car dealers tend to be um, tend to be uh, women uh, widows of male car dealers. And you know, let me show you something. I've got here the Automotive News magazine. This is the trade journal for the Automotive News, and on the back there's a full page ad. Uh, by the National Automobile Dealers Association, which has an academy to train car dealers. And I'm going to hold up a picture of the most recent graduating class. And if you look closely, you'll see something unusual. Those, co- those lapels on that guy's suit? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's unusual. Um, How many women do you see there? I, I see zero. One. Yeah. So <clears throat> from the get-go, the car dealers have a thing about women. And uh, sometimes it's the way they treat their customers, and it's the way the manufacturers choose their dealers. Uh, and there are virtually no female dealers. And unfortunately, there's virtually no employees, uh, uh, female employees in a lot of car dealerships. Uh, 20% female employees would be a lot. Uh, it should be 50-50. And it's a shame. And uh, with hashtag MeToo movement going on, we hope to see that corrected. But... Sadly to say, the only female dealers are kind of token dealers that inherited the dealerships. Yeah, I know one. Just yes. one. Yes. Okay. Okay, we're going to go to Rod, who's calling us from beautiful North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Rod. Good morning, everybody. Calling you from the Magic Mountains up here in North in uh, North Carolina. Was down there in South Florida for quite a few years, and now... Uh, and oh, had to move up and move on. Good for Beautiful you. Beautiful up here. Yes, definitely. Don't blame what a magical mountain scene it is. I can close my eyes and remember it. I haven't been there in years. I need to come on up, get on around Cherokee and uh, all that. There's uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic restaurants there and everything. A lot of people that closed up in South. Uh, Florida, they moved up this way and got their restaurants up here now. Sounds anyway, like- wanted to wish everybody and all the uh, all the listening people a very happy and safe Fourth of July. Well, thank you, Rod. Appreciate that very much. Well, thank yeah. you. All right. Well, oh, crash dummy, Rod up. Take care. Okay. Right. Thank Enjoy you for that the cool phone. weather. I hope it's cooler Bye for up there. now. Keep listening. The mountain breeze. Yes. Okay. So we got some more text here. Um. Just this by from Dana in Palm Beach Gardens must have been listening to the show. Just bought a russet at Publix for sixty nine cents. A what? A russet at potato. Publix. 
oh. for 69 cents. We'll be applying it to my windshield as soon as I get home. <laughs> we'll report later if it rains and it works. Thank you, Dana. Please do call us or text us. Let us know if that worked. Very exciting. I can't wait to do that. Well, I have a feeling I know where Nancy and Earl are going after the show. Yeah. Costco, <laughs> bunch potatoes. of potatoes. So. Red potatoes, All Idaho right. potatoes. All right, Yukon potatoes. Uh, yeah, they didn't specify the, <laughs> no, they uh, didn't. the species of potato. I would imagine one with the high starch content, which would be a russet. So good it job, would Dana. Be, yeah, the Idaho russet. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I hate to have to do this, but we have a follow-up on Incognito from the listener who must have continued to listen. Oh, boy. Um, very short, no punctuation. It says, no, really, blank you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. We admire right, so. his patience. He's still yeah. listening. So was that was that another F you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um <laughs> Hey, the guy's listening, so yeah, thank you for exactly. listening. Thanks he's for listening. Communicating with, yeah, yeah. He's waiting well, for the mystery shopping report. He's a car I dealer. Like fudge too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and we also just got a shout out. We got a we got a, a hi, uh good morning from from Lenny who's listening up in Atlanta yeah. and I just we got a lot of those. Just people so, want to say hi. No, just uh, again, once again let me say this. And I love anonymous feedbacks. We even do it uh, at our dealership from our employees. We do it on the radio show. We do it for our customers. A lot of people would like to speak out. And let's face it, people are, are just afraid of uh, retaliation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want the floodgates of opinion and ideas to be unimpeded. And what is better to unimpede an idea or a comment than anonymity? You are an anonymous. You car dealers out there, by the way, I have my $100,000 challenge, and we have yet to have anybody yeah. respond to that. And here is the $100,000 challenge to debate me on the air on this radio station at any time, or not any time, between 8 and 10 on Saturdays, and we will have a, ba- a debate, and the proposition would be, the dealer fees, the hidden fees charged on cars should be made illegal. And I think the reason, we've been doing this for weeks now, no one, I will pay you $100,000 if you win the debate, okay? If I win the debate, I'm not even going to keep your 100000 I'm going to give it to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. And I'm negotiable on the amount. If you, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You read my mind. If $100,000 is too rich for your blood, then let's do a a lower number. Make me a proposition, and you can do it anonymously. I'm not going to say, blank, blank dealer, just call me and try to negotiate the price down. You send me a negotiated deal at youranonymousfeedback.com. Youranonymousfeedback.com. We have one guy out there that keeps telling me to go F myself mm-hmm. on anonymous feedback. You don't know who he is. And, we don't, and I don't care who he is. He has the right to say anything he wants, sure. wants to me. And I want anybody out there, including car dealers, that would like to negotiate a better deal on the $100,000 challenge. I want to argue the honesty, transparency, ethics of the dealer fee, the hidden fee, and I want to debate it in public, on the air, and we'll vote on it. Mm-hmm. $100,000 challenge. Youranonymousfeedback.com. Okay. It's a great challenge. we got one more text that came in. Okay. And it's from um, our old friend in LaBelle. It's from Don and LaBelle. Ah. And Don says, Fuchilo Kia, who we have mystery shot before. Fuchilo Kia says they save customers hundreds of dollars by buying their cars in foreign currencies and various currency changes. 
Know anything about this, Earl? <laughs> oh, God. Puccio is a man. I got to meet this guy. Uh, uh, he is an amazing guy. His his adver- his advertisements go on YouTube. Go Puccio, F-U-C-I-L-O, yeah. and then put uh, videos or advertisements. Commercials, yeah. Yeah, and go get some of his his his. Uh, TV advertisements are hysterical, and he is really funny, and and they're entertaining. And to me, that's a genius. Now, his ethics and honesty don't exist. His transparency is, is non-existent. But he is such a showman that he sells a huge number. I believe Fuchio Kia is the largest volume Kia dealership. They they claim to be the large volume key dealership, and then I think there is Rick Case um, in Broward County that makes the same claim. So. Uh-huh. We don't know. But this is, uh, Don and LaBelle, this is a classic. I'm going to, if you could uh, text us, uh, fax us, or email us that uh, advertisement, I'd love to see that. He's actually saying that he will save you money by selling you a car in a foreign currency. I can't think of anything more ludicrous than that. There is no way you're going to come out ahead on that. That's something appealing to the larceny that we all have in our hearts. And I can see some people coming in. Rick's crying right now. I can, I can see him. some uh, Venezuelans or Brazilians or Haitians or people that come from other countries uh, thinking that they're going to get them a special deal because we'll deal in uh, Portuguese money. or uh, It's just it's crazy. But I got to see the advertisement because I just thought I'd heard everything. Well, I'm just looking for this thing right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Are we cleaned up on text? I think everything? so, yeah. Are we getting close to uh, mystery shopping report time? I think we're pretty close. Yeah, we are. I'm going to mention one thing. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't been paying attention to Consumer Report lately, I want to tell you what. They are going after these fees, whether it's a, a new new car, f- yeah, hidden fees, and it could be telecommunications, it could be advertisement, it could be credit cards. They are going after everyone and what you should pay. Pick up yourself a uh, subscription at well, a, apply for a subscription. Go to the library. There's many many ways that you can read the Consumer Report. Okay, let's get to the Mystery Shopping Report. The most uh, Oh, I got it. The, the, nobody challenges us on this. I know of nothing on TV, radio, anywhere where people will go out and actually mystery shop any business and name names. I mean, uh, we are exposing ourselves to a lot of liability, but we've never been challenged uh, in the way of a lawsuit because we tell the truth. And this is our 15th year. We have archives of dozens, hundreds, hundreds of uh Mystery shopping reports that you can access. Go to EarlOnCars.com. You can look at all mystery shopping reports. How about a special invitation to our friend, uh, go mm, yourself, Earl Stewart? (laughs) Listen, Listen. we would love to hear from you. We'd love for you to rate that mystery shopping report, and it is going to be a doozy. We uh, went to Greco, and Earl's ready for the mystery shopping report. This is our third week of Takata recall investigations, and so far things don't look great. I mean, we laid off nope. for a while, and we thought we were making some advances and, and gains, and we did, uh, but we laid off too long. Uh, first, we revisited Easy Pay Cars, and that's in Stewart, Easy Pay Car Sales. That's part of the uh, Bill Wallace Group. Correct. Uh, when we first investigated the Easy Own, in 2017, they passed with flying colors. An amazing report. We were in a state of shock. Gave them A's. Uh, 
they stopped the sale of a very dangerous Honda CRV in its tracks. I mean, the salesman just said, we're not going to sell you the car. This slipped through. We didn't know about it. Uh, we said, can we, can we take delivery and get it fixed later? No, I won't sell you the car unless we fix it. We were overwhelmed. I congratulated Bill Wallace. It was the happiest day of my life. Happy, happiest day. And so we thought things had changed. Uh, and uh, However, earlier this month, when we returned to Takata Shops, they failed miserably. Easy car sales and Stewart failed miserably. Our salesperson said it depended on the customer, on the guest, as to whether a Takata recall-affected vehicle would be repaired prior to the sale. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's just terrible. If the guest asks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what it says is to the uneducated, to the uninformed, uh, to the uh, person that is coming in there desperate because easy pay car sales is what we call a buy here, pay here lot. People come in there to get finance. They don't care about the car they buy. They want it to run so they can get to work and back or to the pharmacy and back or to school and back. They want a car that can get them around. They don't care anything else, and they take cars without asking questions. And that's what he meant, which is absolutely repugnant. Uh, after that, we shopped Roger Dean Chevrolet. This Dakota test failure was arguably the most dramatic uh, we've ever experienced. Not only did our salesperson represent this vehicle as safe, he erroneously told our shopper that the Takata recall had been repaired, even gave a date of repair. Mm-hmm. It was a blatant lie. It claimed that the date that the recall was issued was yeah. the repair date. Exactly. We mentioned recently that since we began our campaign to make selling used cars with Takata recalls illegal, it's become a little more difficult to find them in car dealer inventories. However, in recent weeks, it feels like it's getting a little easier. It's taking me less time now to find them. And uh, we, when we say that, I hasten to add that the reason it was a little more difficult is that the car dealers that were aware, the car dealers that were under fire by this show, and what little media coverage there was, have decided that it is in their best interest not to retail these Takata airbags. So they're wholesaling them. And when they wholesale a car, they don't disappear into thin air. Somebody else buys the car. Eventually, that car ends up on a lot somewhere, maybe out of South Florida, maybe out of Florida, maybe in a different state, maybe overseas. A lot of cars bought at auctions in Florida are exported. But the number of cars being sold every day has not ceased. There are more dangerous Takata airbags on the road today than ever before. Uh, we've mentioned uh, this suggests that as attention fades from the issue, car dealers are getting more lax in how they're handling the crisis. Without any scrutiny, uh, I'm sorry, from state, from state or federal laws, little typo there, uh, complete lack of interest from the media. Not complete, but virtual. It's uh, a few folks are still talking about it. I mentioned that USA Today headline uh, a couple weeks ago about the fact that there are laws being passed to protect the used car dealers so they can sell cars with defective and dangerous recalls. It's becoming safer than ever for car dealers to ignore this significant threat to public safety. I'm not being overly dramatic when I say that we seem to be the only entity still trying to keep the public's attention on this issue. And again, that's uh, not a hundred percent true because there are there is some media uh, discussion about it, but just far too little. 
As you already know, our efforts to shine some light on this issue included mystery shopping dozens of car dealers across Florida and putting them to what we call the Takata test. On each mission, we sought to learn whether a car dealer would willingly sell a car they know to be unsafe. At the same time we did the in, in dealership shops, we did a, a lot of phone shops. And we, we got up to like 100 phone shops. Uh, we could find virtually no car dealer two years ago that wasn't selling these to God airbags. They're still being sold, but in different areas. Uh, the only passing grade we give for the test comes when the car dealer stops the sale and refuses to sell the Kata airbag to our mystery shopper. Now that's a pretty loose rule uh, because most buyers will not even ask the question. Uh, most buyers are unaware that there is a recall. And so they're not going to ask the question and the cars are getting sold that way. Uh, if the questions were being asked, the car dealers would get them fixed because they would want to sell the car and they know, hey, everybody comes in here, wants to know if there's a Takata airbag uh, that hasn't been fixed in this car. We better start having them fixed free if the dealer that manufactures the car. But they're not doing that. And they're trying to cover up so they can sell them uh, by, by having laws passed that say you have to give a disclosure. The disclosure is not a disclosure. The disclosure is hidden in the fine print. And people don't know about Takata airbags when they're disclosed any more than they know that they're hidden fees. Rick? Well, if they hand you a Carfax report and don't say anything, just hand it to you and let you look at it, that's disclosure. Yeah. Even though they didn't point out, hey, you, know, you should be exactly. aware of this. Exactly. And these reports, the Carfax report, can be several pages. Uh, exactly. Typically two or three, sometimes five or six. And people don't read this stuff, and they should, but they don't. Okay. Uh, this month, we are zero for two on the Takata test, and this is our third. Let's see if we're going to be zero for three. This week, we paid a visit to Greco. Or is it Greco? I, I think it's Greco. Greco. This week we paid a visit to Greco Mazda in Delray Beach. There's also a Greco Mazda in North Palm Beach. There used to be. They there used sold to be. it. Oh, they sold. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, to see if someone would buck the trend. We found not one but three used Jeep Wranglers with unfixed Takata airbags uh, recalls. Unfixed. All three recalls were verified as being unfixed by Carfax, National Highway Traffic Safety Association, and Chrysler cheap manufacturer and i remind you all that you can go to safercar.gov www.safercar.gov don't ever ever buy a car until you check the vin number in that website that's the national highway traffic safety association and you'll be surprised how many cars out there have unfixed Takata airbags and other dangerous recalls agent thunder our new regular investigator, our undercover agent, went out. Speaking in the first person, as if I were Agent Thunder, saying as how Greco had three Jeeps listed for sale with Takata airbag recalls, I decided to uh, go to Delray without first calling, which I normally do, and I figured the odds are pretty good. They're not going to sell all three of those cars. I arrived around 1 p.m., parked, observed a well-organized and clean used car lot. That's a Delray Greco Mazda maybe 75 to 100 cars on it, walked around inside the office building, uh, 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 listing for one of the Takata airbags up on my phone. 
I was approached and greeted by a young salesman named Eduardo. I showed him the listing on the phone and asked if it was still available, this Jeep uh, Wrangler. Eduardo recognized his Jeep, said it was there. Eduardo escorted me to a desk. And these are real names, by the way. This really is Greco Mazda in Delray, and this really is a man named Eduardo. Mystery Shopping Report. We tell it like it is. We name names. Uh, he explained he was still pretty new on the job and would be getting the help of the manager through the sales process. I said that would be okay. You regular listeners know that we experience a lot of newbies, we call them in the trade, new salespeople, very high turnover. Green peas. Green peas, are, they're also called. A high turnover because it's a high-stress position. Imagine you going to work as a car salesman, and you know the car dealer is advertising cars for prices he won't sell you the car for. And you know people are going to come in on advertisements and say, I want to see this car. And in the back of your mind, you have to explain why it's a lie. You know a conflict is coming. Yeah. So people can't handle that stress, and car salesmen don't last very long. It's a huge turnover, uh, virtually 100% turnover in car salespeople at a lot of car dealerships. Uh, within a couple of minutes, a man approached us and introduced himself to me as the floor manager, kind of a vernacular term, car salespeople call that, floor manager. The manager sat down, he's helping out Eduardo. Goes, Later on, we found out his name was Joe. That's not Joe. the report. Yeah. Okay. The manager sat down, uh, took over for Eduardo. He collected my driver's license and began asking questions about my contact information while simultaneously tapping on his computer keyboard. Real pro. I knew what he was doing. When he was finished, he told Eduardo to take me for a test drive. He told him where we should go and recommended opening it up on I-95. Now, that'll uh, scare you. Eduardo, <laughs> take this uh, Mazda out and open it up. On Especially since Agent Thunder was aware of the uh, defective airbag. Yeah. There. So here you are traveling at 110 miles an hour on I-95 with a defective airbag. Right. Do, do we pay? He, he, do no, we he, give hazardous duty pay? No, we to, put, he's wearing a flak jacket and some other protective okay. gear. Just kidding. <laughs> I followed Eduardo outside while the manager trailed behind both of us. Eduardo opened the door on the Jeep, commented on how clean the vehicle was. The manager interjected that all four tires were new. I asked uh, Eduardo if he had a Carfax report of the vehicle, and the manager answered uh, for him, yes, and he would give him a... Uh, have a copy waiting for me when we got back from the test drive. If we got back from the test drive. <laughs> right. <laughs> Open it up on I-95. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> on the drive, I asked about Jeep's uh, mechanical condition. This is the first of our three questions. And Eduardo and, uh, confirmed that it had been through the shop and passed inspection. He said the manager could show me the details about what was looked at and fixed and before they put it on the lot. I said that was good. As we pulled back into the dealership... Oh, you skipped one. Oh, I'm sorry. I waited a few minutes before asking question two. Was he aware of any accidents? Question number two. Eduardo knew the answer right away. There were no accidents on the Carfax report. I said, that's good. As we pulled back into the dealership, I asked question number three. And by the way, these are three questions you should all ask. Question number three, are there any safety issues that he's aware of? Question one is mechanical condition. Question number two, was he aware of any accidents? Question number three, were there any safety issues? And that's pretty thorough. Uh, Eduardo said he was not aware of any safety issues. I said that was good. Rick? 
Frank actually brings up a great point here online. He says, check the date when the Carfax report was printed, because oh, yeah. if it's a couple months old, You're recalls right. may have been issued for that car in that short time. Good point. Excellent point. Yeah. So that's a great point, Frank. Thank you. Yeah. The manager was waiting for us back at the, t- at the desk. He had a Carfax report and a service I think you skipped a paragraph again. Oh, man, I'm... Must be my. You're excited. My, it's all that caffeine in your new. Uh, my trifocals. <laughs> uh, Edward asked me how I like the Jeep and whether I would take it home today if everything worked out. That's a pre-closing test close. They call it. Uh, is everything okay? Well, you'd be taking the Jeep home. They didn't ask you if you're going to buy it. That's too aggressive. Edward remembered his training. He did. Trial close. I said uh, trial close. That's the word I was searching for. I said if the price looked good on this one, I'd take it that night. I wanted to go over the numbers and then come back in a few hours with my wife to take delivery. The manager was waiting for us back at the desk. He had a Carfax report and a service invoice in front of him. He addressed the service invoice first. He pointed out that Greco had spent $832 of its own money. Kind of strange. It's, it's who kind else's, of an impactful Who statement. else's money would Greco be spending? Uh, maybe I shouldn't answer They're that. They're so nice. Yeah. They shelled $832 mm. so yeah. this car doesn't kill you. That's exactly <laughs> right. Getting the car ready to sell. He said most dealers buy used cars from the auction and put to them on a lot with making any repairs. Uh, that's not yeah, true. Not all of them. That's no. not true. Some do. Some do, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, one of those is uh, one of those is offleaseonly.com. Yep. You have to be very careful. Because you can buy a car at the auction uh, for you know pretty low amount of money, and you typically the average dealer will spend around five hundred dollars average reconditioning costs. Uh, Offleaseonly.com spends much less than that, but they price their cars very low, and Offleaseonly.com is on our recommended dealer list. I picked up the Carfax report and began to read. I pointed to the recall and asked him about it. I said I was under the impression the Jeep was being reset was uh, being represented safe. Now, if you just tuned in, the salesman just said that the Jeep was safe in question number three, and in his hand was his Carfax report, and he didn't mention anything about the recall, so I looked at the recall in the Carfax report, and I asked him about it. The manager took the report, and tracing the text with his fingers, read quickly out loud, mumbling. That was a good description because I pictured that very well. He stopped at the recall and, and acknowledged it. Okay, uh, here it is. But then he pointed to the next item that indicated a service visit at a Rego Fiat Sawgrass, um, Jeep, Fiat, Chrysler in Sawgrass. He said, Look, it was fixed there, and went on to assure me they wouldn't sell an unsafe product. You should have played scary music as you read that. Yeah, scary music. Because it's not true. He said that if they had any reason to think the Jeep was unsafe or mechanically unsound, they would return it to the auction. And by the way, the auctions openly sell cars with defective, unfixed Takata airbags and other unsafe recalls that haven't been fixed. And you can't bring it back because of that. When you buy a car at the auction, you buy it sight unseen and you buy it buyer beware. If there are certain problems with a car, they must be disclosed, but one of those things is not unfixed safety recalls. The auctions have, they call it a condition report. If something is wrong with the car that did not appear in the condition report, there is recourse for the dealer. Exactly. But um, a recall is on the Carfax report. Exactly. It's publicly available information. 
I asked him about the price, and the manager said the online price was $27,900. And if you just tuned in, this is Greco Mazda in Delray that we're mystery shopping. Um, online price was $27,900, which represented a $1,750 discount off the retail price of $29,650. The online price was not negotiable on all used cars. Online price not negotiable. It was their best price. Now, this isn't unusual, and I always tell our listeners, don't ever get an, in the, you know, when you walk into a car showroom, the salesman says, this is the price. Ignore that kind of a price. Get all your prices online. They're always lower than the salesman's verbal price in the showroom. He asked me if I was financing or paying cash. I said I was paying cash. Okay, you better sit down for this one. Hang on to your hats. The next thing he said really threw me for a loop. He said the online price was for a customer who was financing. If I was paying cash, the price would be $1,000 more. 28900 instead of what well, I said before, 29650 mm-hmm. He said the disclosure on the listing stated this much. He then rec- recommended that I finance with them to get the lower price, then pay the loan off in a month or two. Now, this is illegal. You cannot tie the financing of the car to the price you will sell it for. And the reason is simple. You can make a huge amount of money when you finance a car for a customer. Car dealers do make a huge amount of money when they finance a car. And they make more money when they finance a car than when they sell the car. So to advertise a car for a very low price and in the fine print say, this price is only good if you let me finance it, it's fraudulent, it's illegal, you can't do it. So that's a, that's a no-no. On the, um, I concealed my consternation, said that his suggestion might work, and asked him to see the numbers in detail. He said he would give me the detail and asked me to write them down. I asked for a buyer's order, and he said I would get it. Uh, I would get all my paperwork when I took delivery that evening. And it's awfully hard to get buyer's orders out of salespeople. We've been remarkably successful in the past. We typically use the old credit union trick, and we say, when they hesitate to give you a copy of the buyer's order, say, we got a deal, I'm going to buy the car, I need an official buyer's order to take it to show it at the credit union, so I get my check to come back in and buy the car. Um, I wrote down what he said on the service invoice. Sale price was 28900 but I was getting the $1,000 dealer financing incentive. Now, leads me to another point. Manufacturer's financing incentives are legal. A manufacturer's financing incentive is something like 0% or 1%. It's a true incentive, which can only be realized when you finance the car, and usually there's a flip-flop of a cash rebate, either or, take advantage. But a dealer's finance incentives does not have any validity whatsoever. Oh. Uh, so I wrote this down. The technical term is flim-flam. Flim-flam, exactly. That's a legal term, flim-flam, <laughs> scam, fraud. Uh, and they was also add a $999 deal fee and sales tax and $132 filing fee, which, of course, is another dealer fee. And he said my license registration would be somewhere between three and $500. Thanked him, said I'd be back at 5 p.m. with my wife. 
I left and returned to base, home base, on the way I called the dealership and I speak with Eduardo. I said that I really needed to get a buyer's order to review with my wife. He said he would email it to me. At time of publication, no buyer's order had been sent. And what happened was, Eduardo went into Joe, and Joe said, I need a buyer's order, and Joe said, no way. Well, I have an update. Oh. Uh, later that night, uh, we did get something emailed to us. It was not a buyer's order. It was a screenshot from what we call the DMS. That's the dealer management computer system that puts together all the numbers for a deal. It's a screenshot. It was completely unhelpful. It had the price on it. It lumped all the fees onto one line, and it didn't really give any kind of like transparency to yeah. the deal. Shocking report, folks. Very shocking report. Very bad report. And I hate to keep doing this to you because you regular listeners, you hear these negative reports, and this is the third in the row that is really, really bad about the Takata tuck out, tuck out airbag. Uh, I don't want you to think that we are being biased. We are truly trying to give those dealers that will comply to pass the Takata test. You just have to simply say to the customer, we will have the Takata airbag fixed for you but we will not deliver the car until we fix it. Now, that's cutting a lot of slack because you should have had it fixed a long time ago. And you just have to offer to fix the Takata airbag or any dangerous recall. Is that asking too much? No. Didn't I cost you anything. So. I don't think so. Uh, terrible, terrible report uh, following with Easy Pay and Roger Dean. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the icing on the cake was this $1,000 dealer financing uh, gotcha which is illegal. Uh, and then uh, in the final uh, analysis here, we're talking about the irony of Greco devoting a whole page on their website <laughs> uh, addressing the danger of Takata airbags. Can I, can I also re read something real quick that yeah. I, I got to laugh on? On their website, it, it does have the disclosure for the $1,000 dealer finance incentive. It says, internet special price includes $1,000 dealer finance incentive. Just a little bit farther down the page, it says, at Greco Mazda, we do not believe in artificially inflating our pre-owned vehicle prices. We do not play pricing games. <laughs> That's like within proximity, yeah. within inches of that. Of that yeah. you know, in a lot of dealerships, there's no communication between the floor sales force, the online sales force, and the executive force. It's like three groups of people, and they'll say things in one group, and they don't agree with or know about any other group. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the fraud and deception is uh, almost accidental. Uh, a lot of it's premeditated. I mean, it's kind of a, a potpourri of deception and and lack of transparency. Uh, we're voting on Greco Mazda and Del Rey, uh, our online votes. Uh, who wants to start out? We'll do the... I have four votes that came in. We have Linda with a huge fat F. That's an upgrade from her big fat F. Uh, Gino gives him an F. Larry gives him an F. And Danny gives him an F minus. And I concur with our listeners. Fail him. Do we have any on the YouTube? Uh, not yet on YouTube. Uh, we're waiting to see. But uh, for me, it's an F. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, that's that's the that's the angry mob out down outside the studio right now with pitchforks and torches. I, yeah, I was going to say Frankenstein. Yeah, it was up exactly. uh, Frank. Yeah. Uh, they're after Frankenstein. Grecostein. Grecostein. Thanks, Rudy. Nancy, well, I, I don't even have to ask you, but I will. Well, as far as that buyer's order is concerned, um, I uh, I have a new uh, affidavit that I'm going to make up, and. Uh, folks you can uh, that's to come but uh, anyway uh, on on a more serious side just so sad so bothered so uh, speechless <coughs> give him an F 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be sending this mystery shopping report. In fact, I think I'll send all three mystery shopping reports uh, to my contacts in the media, among them the, uh, uh, the new automotive reporter for the uh, Wall Street Journal. We have uh, more than a grade. We have a recommendation for incarceration. Steve on Facebook says, jail the criminal. <laughs> and Doug and Ollie gives him a triple F. So oh, boy. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, I haven't voted, but I will vote in F. And I think Rick's got some coming on YouTube. We've only got one minute left, so we're going to have to get these grades out fast, Rick. Frank and F, Mr. Hand and F, Roger and F, Thomas and LJ, both Fs. And Nate says D minus. He says the reason he didn't give him an F was that at least they did acknowledge the recall. Okay, we made that clear. Lenny gives him an F. And Lenny gives him an F. So here we go. Okay. Another show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. You are an important part of the show. And Jonathan and Rudy, thank you so much for being part of the team here and making our job just a little bit easier. Have a wonderful weekend. Happy birthday, Lisa. And we will be right back here next Saturday morning. Come on.